0: Welcome back to the show. There's no telling where we'll go, so come and share a laugh on the Imp and Skiz podcast. All right, Skiz. So your daughter talked you into attempting a half marathon, yeah, which you've been training for yep. right for the past couple months, and recently experienced a calf injury, yeah, that's slowed you down a little bit, oh, big time. So how are you feeling about <clears throat> your your odds of doing this half marathon now
1: the it's it's uh the window is shutting and it makes me sad and this makes for a good podcast because we're literally talking about injury uh we've had podcasts in the past where we talk about resilience and um all of those topics in regards to being driven and doing what you want to do come with a component of course correction sometimes you need to course correct and sometimes you got to adjust and pivot and and this one sucks because we you know we talked about, you know, my whole, you never, you never, you know, the answer is always yes thing. That's what got me into right. the half marathon. And, and, and we've talked a little bit about this in the past. And in fact, we talked about it a couple podcasts ago and I saw some really good advice in the comments too, um, from a, like a, a really experienced runner on what to do. And for the most part, I'm doing what was mentioned, but there's more I could be doing, um, from compression <clears throat> standpoint. But the way I'm feeling about it is I'm very frustrated and this comes with injury. Yeah, I can right. Imagine. It, it, I'm. I'm. I'm very. I'm. I'm upset. Um. My track record in regards to. Uh. You know what's funny is the the only other time that my daughter wanted to do something with me, she wanted to film like a TikTok dance thing with me, and I just like couldn't do it that day or for whatever whatever years and years and years ago, and it ate me alive to the point to where it was like I can, I'm the one who brought it up again. I'm like, okay, let's go, let's do that thing, and she's like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> That's not well, cool anymore, Dad. Yeah, exactly. We missed it. Yeah, yeah. We missed you our be, opportunity to go viral. Hot. You got to be on it. But, uh, so I, I started that eight week program, uh, for, to train for the half marathon. I was three, three runs in. Then I got real sick and I like, and I know this, this is a a retail for some people, but I got real sick. I'm like, okay, no big deal. This is, I took a, like a week off and okay, six week program. I got this, you know, three runs in, I pull, something happens to my calf and I'm, that was bad. And so, okay, no problem. Let's just do what I need to do to rest. I rest for a few days and get back at it and instantly strain it again. And so, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? And so now I'm at the point to where I went to work the other day and I had to wear these stupid boots because of this area I was in. <clears throat> and I, I'm I'm walking, just walking. And I start to feel it. Ooh. And I'm like, that's really bad. Yeah. It got,
0: yeah, it's got to the point. I'm, so even the idea of like walking the yes. half marathon now is out of the potentially M- might be out of the, out question, of the question, right?
1: So I, I'm like, the best thing I can do is to not wallow in this and just do something. that's why I've been going to the gym as much as I have, just trying to keep the, that was my wife's idea. And she's absolutely right. Right. You know, she's just killing it. She's going to, she's ready. (laughs) She's going to do very well in this, this half marathon. And obviously my daughter's going to crush it. Um, but I, I, I'm going to the gym like a lot more working on that endurance, just keeping the legs going. I'm not activating the calf muscles at all and all the stuff I'm doing. And I'm just, it's, if I end up not being able to run it, I just don't want it to be because I didn't do everything I could. Right. You know, that's what it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, sometimes we, some things are out of our control and we have to make sure that we don't, you know, wallow over things that are out of our control, right? Yeah. Get upset and get dragged down. We talked about this a little bit with our resilience subject and and maybe talking about injuries and how we overcome them is is a bit in that realm as, as well. But I think it's important because- you know, I had I kind of went <clears throat> through some of the same things growing up. I mean, like in high school, I was I was my freshman year, I was on the basketball team, and I wasn't like a superstar basketball player. I was good enough to make the team, which was awesome, uh, but I was like third string, you know. And so I didn't get a lot of playing time.
1: I'm surprised you were third string. You were really Dude, good.
0: I, I was I was good enough to make the team, um, but there were some really really ballers <laughs> on yeah. the team. And, um, but I, as the season went on, it, there was also nerves, you know, anxiety, sure. you know, it's the first time I've ever been in like a, like a school organized or, or like kind of like a upper echelon. I always played like kind of like the rec ball, you know, it was like my first time in, in a more, uh, like club ball, you know, kind of scenario. That's what you're familiar with your softball experience. Right, right. Um, but yeah, high school was like, like a bigger deal. You know, there's actually like championships and stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was on the team and, uh, as the season progressed, I found my my coach finally, you know, I started to calm down a little bit to where when I got on the court, I could dribble the ball properly because my nerves didn't completely take over. I remember the first time I got put in the game, uh, I thought the the that there was like rocks on the basketball court because I would dribble the ball and it would just go shooting off in another direction. <laughs> and what it was was like I my anxiety, my <clears throat> nerves just took over so bad that I just like couldn't I couldn't mm-hmm. function. But anyway, I got to the point to where I was starting to calm down and get put in the game and I was actually doing okay and I started finding myself getting some more playing time and I was like, okay, here we go. Like this is a, this is I'm finally making some momentum here, getting getting on my way like I could potentially view, see myself making the varsity team in a few years, you know, because it was my freshman years. So, uh things are getting getting better for me, my situation, my coach is playing me more and uh, over uh, basketball season actually like stretched across like the Christmas break at that time for whatever reason. I don't know why, but we had, you know, Christmas break off from, from the season. And I went to the park one night with my buddies to play a game of pickup, you know, basketball, just to keep, keep my skills up. And I decided to try to, uh, slam dunk the ball <laughs> on a breakaway at the park, which was crazy at the time because I'm only five foot eight mm-hmm. and I, I was five foot eight then. <clears throat> and uh, but I, I was really into like jumping like that was my thing. Everybody knew me as the guy that could jump really high. And when I when I went to the gym, I did mostly squats, you know, and you like know. I would do the um, that weight machine that you like lay back and you're pushing the weights like above above you as you're like laying down you're pushing them up into the air and I would throw them like yeah. I put weight on it and I would throw it. So it would like hit the top of the machine and come back down. And I have to catch it. Yeah. And it was like my way of like practicing being explosive. Um, but anyway, I got to the point to where I could dunk a basketball on a 10 foot rim and which was crazy. Everybody loves seeing it. I love doing it. It can make me feel good. Yeah. But I decided I was going to try to do this during a game. I'd never during it, during, done it during a game, uh. you know? So I stole the ball, I was on a breakaway all alone. You know, I'm off to the races making sure they don't catch up. What I didn't realize at the time was that momentum is a thing. And so when I went up and I slammed the ball and I grabbed onto the rim, my body continued. Yeah. Right. My body continued out from under me. Um, I went into full, you know, kind of parallel with the ground mode. And at the same time, what I also didn't realize was this park, they didn't like when people slam dunk on these rims. Because typically, you know, it's bigger people and they will bend the rims and stuff. So the park decided to put this metal sheet around the rim. Oh my god! So when you grab onto it, it's it's like it's hard to hang on to because it's digging into your hand. It's not that that rounded rim. So I had two things against me at the time. I had the fact that my m- momentum was swinging my body out from under me, which meant I'm going to have to hang on to dear life if I'm going to get vertical again before I drop back down. And then two... This rim is actually cutting into my hand, and it's making it impossible for me to hang on. And I couldn't, I couldn't hang on. So now I'm, I'm swung horizontal with the ground, ten feet in the air, and I let go, and I just go falling, flight like straight to the earth, uh, parallel with the earth. And I, I did what you almost have to do if you don't want to like die and land on your head. I had to put my hands out in front of me uh, to kind of like catch my fall. Yeah. Uh, and so. It was mostly towards my my uh my right side. I was kind of leaning as I fell, and I I braced myself with my right right hand, and my wrist broke. Oh my goodness. The thing was, uh, it broke in two <clears throat> places. I found out later, but the thing was, like when it happened, I I didn't know it. I don't know if my body went into like an immediate shock or or what, but I didn't I didn't. Feel like it's not like my they were mangled. You know what I mean? It's not like like I looked at my wrist and a bone sticking out or or it's like it it looks like an S or anything like that. Mm. It it seemed okay until I tried to dribble the ball again. I stayed in the game. Mm. I, I picked myself up and I'm like, okay, we'll get back on defense, whatever. I can't remember if I actually made the dunk or not, um, <laughs> doesn't matter, but I started trying to play and then I get past the ball and I catch the ball and I'm like, Ooh, and I went to dribble the ball and that was a no go. And I'm like, guys, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm out. I think I'm, I think I'm out. And, uh, I went home and I just, I got through the night. It was painful the entire night, but it was nighttime at that point. And, you know, I wasn't going to like wake up my parents to like take me to the hospital or something. And so I thought, you know, let me just see if I can make it through the night. I woke up in the morning. Well, I didn't really sleep. Actually, it was in pain so much I didn't really sleep that night. But uh, once the sun came up, I got up and I went to go to the bathroom. I remember uh, because it was it was winter. I think I had like jeans on or something. I couldn't get my zipper down. Oh, like because you know I was using right hand to unzip. It, yeah, and I couldn't get like I couldn't squeeze my fingers together to get my zipper down. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, Something's okay. This wrong. is this is a problem. My mom got up and I said, hey, uh, there's something really wrong. I told her what happened and she's like, yeah, you probably broke it. And uh, she took me to the doctor. And, and sure enough, they did x-rays, found out it was broken in two places. Oh, jeez. So that moment, <clears throat> I realized, well, that ends that ends my season, my basketball season. Yeah. Which, yeah, okay, it makes sense now. Because they, like March Madness is a thing in college and high school was still kind of doing the same uh, schedule. So yeah, we would have been playing until like March. And so this happened at Christmas break. So I, I still had a few months of basketball ahead of me. That I could have continued to work my my way up and potentially got on the first string if I'd continued on the path I was on, but at that point, wrist was broken and it was going to be broken for the rest of the season. There wasn't a chance I was going to play again, um, which was which was sad. Obviously, you know, because I had ambition. I always have ambition to, to to rise to the top, and it wasn't going to happen. But what I did at the time is what I decided to do. My and my coach told me he's like, "Hey, it's up to you. If you want to." You don't need to come to practice if you don't want to. You can, you, you know, just go heal or whatever. You can, you can sit the stands and and help keep stats and stuff like that. Um, or you can join the team and in practice you just can't obviously play. And I said, you know what? I I'm part of this team. I want to be with the team. That's good. And so every drill that I could do, even with a cast on, I would do. And that was a uh, an interesting choice because if you've ever had a cast on for eight weeks or whatever it was exercising and sweating oh gross in a cast with it, you don't get changed out that often because they would just it was just a mold right they would just put a mold on your arm and it would stay there for two months um yeah it, it got it got stinky <laughs> <laughs> it got stinky but i i i just had to do it i had to like show the team that i wasn't going to let an injury like kick me off the team I was still going to be there sweating it out with my brothers, you know, and putting in just as much effort. Yeah. I can't actually play the game anymore, but I was doing line drills and I was, and I was beating them with a cast on, you know, because I was just, I just had to do that. It was just innate in me to, so why didn't you go play again the next year? Um, I, so I went after I healed, I did do like a summer camp with the team. Uh, and it was for what would have been JV junior varsity would have been my sophomore year. Um, and something happened, the dynamic with the coach and the team changed, and I just didn't really feel great about the whole situation. It didn't mm-hmm. feel fun to me anymore. Um, just the vibe had changed. And then at the same time, I had uh, I'd gotten the offer to get into the marching band, and mm-hmm. I knew that doing basketball and marching band at the same time, they actually, the schedules com- conflicted quite oh, a bit. Oh, gotcha. So I had to make a choice. And I chose to to go into marching band. So I didn't do marching band my first year. My freshman year, I did basketball. And then my my sophomore year, my second year of high school, I, I chose marching band over basketball and, and stopped that basketball journey.
1: That's incredible. I So I, I knew that you broke your hand uh, doing a dunk. I've, I've known that this whole time. And I didn't know the specifics of that sheet of metal on the rim. I didn't know that <laughs> yeah, stuff. That sucked.
0: Whoever put that metal there, i <laughs> Gosh, that sucks. I get it. I get why they don't want people bending their rims, but like that caused me to break my wrist in two places. Yeah,
1: that's incredible. And that, so, so now we, you, it's not like you never played basketball again. Well, Obviously we played a lot together um, at our place of business for, yeah. for a while there and. Um, we actually played. Uh, uh, I can't even say without laughing. <laughs> we played on the sun's court uh, 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 a three on three game basketball tournament. It
0: was only just, for people from our workplace yeah, as well. Which, just take
1: our word for it. We looked really good and really, really. Yeah, flew. we looked
0: professional. We were shooting NBA threes. It was the swishes. worst.
1: We were so bad. Well, it was. You know what's <laughs> funny is when we went to do that on that court on the sun's court. um, I remember the very first shot I ever just warm up. I took a three pointer shot and the three pointer in the NBA is deep, dude, yeah. like way deeper yeah, That actually college. Like two
0: and a half feet or whatever it is. It's it really like, makes a difference. Yeah.
1: So I remember looking at it being like, dude, this is really far away. And I threw that up and, and I, and I hit it and it was my first one. And you came over and, gave me like a high five you like let you were just like let's do this like you know like we yeah, were
0: going to dominate the yeah, competition yeah we were
1: so bad anyway so so you did end up playing again um how did you deal with the fact that so you were on this trajectory and it sounds like the dynamic of the team changed like you said so are you are you suggesting that had you not broken your arm you still would have not played anymore your sophomore year
0: i i think had i not broken my wrist i would have continued to um to grow as a player and maybe work my way up to some decent playing time, you know, maybe not first string, but probably next, you know, like next man up type thing. Mm -hmm. And it probably would have given me more confidence uh, for going into the next season. And I, I might've chosen basketball uh, over, over marching band. I I probably would have passed my, my opportunity up to, to, to do uh, marching band (laughs) and be a drummer again. I mean, I was, I think I was, I can't remember if I just didn't drum at all my freshman year. I don't think I did. I wasn't in any kind of band or anything. So I had actually like traded drumming for basketball. Yeah. And then back is what happened. But yeah, I think if I had if I'd continued the season and been able to continue to like, yes, I, I hung out with my team. I did drills and everything, but there's just there's there's something different in not being in the game, you know, and and passing the ball to teammates during a game and stuff. And and that's what like really grows that camaraderie. And I think when I came back for like the summer league it just felt totally different, and I, it just—I don't know if I just didn't feel accepted, or if if the coach was completely unfamiliar with me. I think that was probably the biggest problem, right? Because the JV coach obviously would pay attention; they'd go to the the freshman games and and kind of like get their prospects figured out. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't in the game, mm-hmm. so come summer league, I'm a new guy, yeah. right? I'm the outcast, and so never really got the coach to to buy into me during the summer league. And I knew I wasn't either. I wasn't going to make the team or I was going to be sitting the bench pretty hard. Had I made JV anyway,
1: that's mm-hmm. hard stuff, man. And, and you, I always think about like injury for regular folks like us is a nuisance injury uh, for people where their, um, their ableness, if you will, is their livelihood, like professional athletes. I did. I can't, it just, that's why you see these grown men who are like, 250 pounds of muscle weeping when yeah. they know they tore their, their ACL and they know yeah. their career might be over. Yeah. We
0: just witnessed that Kyler we Murray quarterback for the Car- yes. Cardinals.
1: And what, here's what people don't understand. Now I can speak to this because, um, well I can, I can speak to this because I, I know what the journey is to get to that level. Right. And, and because I've been watching my, my daughter do it and mm-hmm. it's, this, this long It's a long, painful journey that, that like, when you see somebody who tore their ACL in the NFL, that moment has been 20 years, like leading, like they've been going at this, their whole life, their life has been dedicated to this craft and for it to come raining down like that is so heartbreaking. And I I don't know how those people make it back. Now, sometimes, you know, they come back and they, uh, they go through a lot of therapy and they do their thing and they come on back, but they're, they're almost never the same. Right there was mm-hmm. I, it wasn't an ACL to my knowledge, uh, but it was you know one of the greatest. I'm just uh, one of the greatest whiteouts of all time is Larry Fitzgerald. There's mm-hmm. there's no question that he's one of the greatest. I am biased enough to say he's the greatest. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> also, he's like my you know he's been my hero forever.
0: He, he's like a fantastic human being. Is, he's is, a fantastic human being. Really yeah. sells it. Yeah. yeah,
1: he's like the guy's the, everything. He's as humble as they come. And back in his heyday when he was everything. Uh, he was, you know, back when Warner was throwing for the Cardinals and Larry Fitzgerald and Warner were just the, uh, it was unbelievable. It was like a Montana Jerry Rice. Yeah, they it was, were ridiculous. On the same page. It was yeah. ridiculous. So anyways, and Larry would do this thing, if you remember where he would jump to get the ball. So what ended up happening was, uh, there's jumping and then there's that he would, the, the pictures would be this. It'd be him up in the air, grabbing the ball while the cornerback, who's the defender, is their head is at like his stomach or, or a hip area. And what people don't know is that the cornerback also was jumping, but Larry was jumping that high. And when, uh, when, um when, when secondaries would be um uh, interviewed like safeties and corners, their response was, I, I don't know. How he jumps that high. <laughs> like it makes it. And, and, and remember the commentators, when he would catch it, the commentators would say, it's not even fair. This isn't even fair. <laughs> so he was in the pro bowl. And I remember who was, who was his quarterback was in the pro bowl. It was, but they, you, you heard him on the sideline. He's like, it's not even hard. You just throw it in his direction. Like in the quarterback yeah, who's throw, throwing to him, throw and up, saying, this is not fair
0: up for grabs. He'll get it.
1: Right. And so then you fast forward the clock and, um, I think it was, uh, uh, not Warner, but we had a, it was, I think it was Stanton, Drew Stanton. I don't, I don't quite recall who it, it couldn't have been. It may have been Leonard. I don't, I don't care. Anyways, it wasn't, he throws it to Larry and it was, it was a bad choice to throw this ball for two reasons. One, you're setting up your receiver for injury because you have to see what's closing in on them. And two, Larry will jump in front of a train to get the ball if he needs to. And he jumped up and he got drilled in the knee and uh, he, it was bad. And he gets up and he hobbles off the field and oh Everybody, a Cardinals fan. If you're a Cardinals fan, your heart sank that day. You knew mm-hmm. this was bad. He missed a game or two. He played for several years after that. It was never the same, Larry. Yep. Never. It just. He was always a, a a force, but it was never the same, Larry. He never jumped the way he was able to. So this is a moment to where the the injury was directly applicable to what he was able to offer to the team. He, as an athlete, changed drastically in that moment. You have a choice. He had this yeah. huge injury. These are the people that my heart breaks for them when they, I remember seeing that being like dude I would take that injury. I don't need to be in the NFL. I'm not in the NFL. I don't need to be in the NFL. He needs to be in the, I would take it from yeah. him. Yeah, if, if he could, could trade. Ha- yes. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's like I feel bad that I like I didn't have some kind of redemption arc <laughs> on my injury yeah, yeah. story. I know. That, like that would have been nice. Like no, I came I came back and I rejoined the team and I was I almost went professional, you know. I wasn't going to make it professional. I knew that at the time. You kind of know who's got it and who doesn't. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, to, to see those kind of things happen and we'll, we'll find out too. I mean, I don't know how many football fans we have, but like, we'll find out what happens with Kyler Murray. Now that he's, he's gone out with a, a ACL, ACL. I think it was yeah. tear so, in a game that was already lost
1: too. I mean, it was just yeah. like,
0: it doesn't get any worse. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I guess it wasn't already lost, but it felt like it was <laughs> just because it's been a bad season. But but you know, and I, I talk about like you know my my daughter doing her what she's doing um in, in college, and this is you hear early on. It's different. Club ball's different. It's not. It's not school ball, right? Like she like when she would play school ball, and keep in mind that her school ball was for a while they're one of the best in the state. That was her downtime, right? She she like she made varsity as a sophomore, and she was and it was she didn't even have to try. Like it was because she's on these ridiculous club teams where they travel all over the nation. And her whole life was about softball. And it was about working for the moment of getting into college and playing college ball, specifically D1. She wanted to just play D1 college ball. That was <laughs> that was her goal, right? We just did a hey, whole thing about goals. she set a goal. She set a goal and she did it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she wanted to play D1 college. And you learn early on when these girls are like 10 that the percentage of girls who go on this venture, it's like less than 5% end up making that. And these are all girls. Not These are not girls playing around with softball. These are girls who are... They're younger, but they're on club teams. This is what they want Mm -hmm. to do. And less than 5% end up getting to that level, right? I've never double checked those numbers. This is just what the authorities in this world have conveyed to me. And they tell you that because they don't want the parents being too let down when 95% of you are, this is, it's not gonna happen, right? Mm -hmm. So she works for it, she works for it. And I mean, we could do an entire podcast about just my daughter's journey and the amount of coaches she's had who I've wanted to knock their teeth out. I mean, like (laughs) it, it goes on and on. I've been through
0: one of those myself with my son. Yes. Yeah. And it
1: it goes, it goes on and it just goes, the stories, the pain, the tears, dude, like the the tear to, um, happy ratio is way out of whack. You know what I mean? It's 99% tears, blood and sweat for 1% of glory. I mean, that's, that's what this world is. She fights, she fights, she does her thing, and boom, it happens. Somebody from New York comes out and sees her. And uh, because they knew the coach, and the coach was like, I know you're gonna need to catch her. You wanna take a look at this girl? They flew out here, they looked at her, made the offer, they looked at her grades, they looked at her play, they looked at her ethics, and she got the offer. Rock and roll, let's do this. Now she's over and in in New York, and then I'm talking about last year and She's going through the proving, it's it, proving weeks are around the corner and in injury right before proving weeks. And she uh. was, cause she ran too much, but she ends up injuring her foot to where she like squ- not to mention catchers are, they're the football player of the team. They, they're like the amount of squatting they do. And, mm-hmm. and she's also a runner. And so she just, she damaged, so she couldn't play at all during proving week, lost the entire year, like less than 5%. She pulled it off. She got there, lost the whole year. You know, it was like, it was so frustrating. She, she did not, she was not able to, and during fall ball, which is not the real stuff, she did really well. So she was like, Hey, you're looking good. You're doing some good stuff here. You're a freshman. You might not get all the playing time in the world, but you're looking really good here. Proving week's come. She can't play at all. She lost it all. And so she was like, it was like, she wasn't on the team. Wow. You know what I mean? I mean, she's, she did play a little bit, but it was so minuscule. It was like, dude, that proving week was really bad to not be playing. Yeah. So it's like, you go through all that. And what did she do? You know, she had a rough, uh, a rough season, um, but she said to me, she said, dad, I just decided I'm just going to be the best teammate I can be. That's what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? And so she was all, all season long. I mean, talk about that resilience. And then she worked, she got her, she's back now and she's back. She's like twice the athlete now than she was last year. There we year. go.
0: There's the redemption arc yeah. we were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> so now, but now she's
1: running so much and I can see what she's running. Cause I've got her on Strava. And I'm like, kid, what you just you just ran a half marathon for fun? Like she'll run ten to thirteen miles. Like, like she wow. probably runs, I think she runs over fifty miles a week. And I'm like, Did you learn nothing from last year? She's like, Dad, my feet are fine. I'm taking better care of myself. I'm like, All right, just take it easy, man. Yeah.
0: But that's, she did. That's it. awesome, man. Yeah. And she's gonna get some playing time this year and you're to go watch her.
1: Yeah, as long as she doesn't get hurt and uh and I'll be honest, she's got to get her bat moving. <laughs> she's,
0: she's hotter. She's very streaky in her, in her <laughs> batting. Dad moment. If you're listening to our podcast mm-hmm. right now, you better yeah. have earbud in your ear while you're swinging a bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you're not you're not wrong. I'm, I love you, sweetie.
1: I know she does listen to some of these, um, and she would she would agree. She's like, yeah, I need to get my bat moving. But anyways, anyways. Um, well, my point being that, like, you're right. That is the arc. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And there was something to be learned. Um, by that. And as we start off this podcast with my, my calf story and we all have a lot of injury story. You, you actually have, you have a really bad one Uh, that involves a jet ski. I don't know if you want to talk about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, it was, I was actually going through when I broke my wrist, like it was, it was actually like just a few months before that. It was the summer before my freshman year, I believe, unless I got my years wrong, but um, yeah, I mean, not that it impacted too much of, it did impact a little bit of, of my training for, for basketball to get into to the freshman team. But, uh, yeah, what happened was we were out on a lake. I was, we were visiting family out in, in Dallas, I think, or Fort Worth. And they, there was a lake out there somewhere and, uh, we rented like jet skis. So it was my, my dad's brother that we were staying at and, and his, his wife and daughter were coming out to the lake Uh, and they wanted to rent a a jet ski for them three to to use, and we wanted to rent a jet ski for my family. Uh, It was me, my parents, and my sister for us to kind of go out and just piddle around the the lake on the jet ski. And then my uncle has a a boat as well. So they let me, for whatever reason, they let me and my cousin, and I think she was a year or two younger than me. So at the time, let's see, I would have been probably 14 years old or so. So she would have been a little bit younger, 15 maybe. And uh, she'd have been a little bit younger than that, and they let us ride these jet skis, and like you know, we don't have a driver's license or nothing. We don't know what we're doing, but we figured it out. So we're out on the lake just riding the jet skis and having a good time and And the rest of the family was actually in the in the boat, and they had kind of like cruised past us, and they got her attention, and she wanted to to you know do the whole yeah, look at me, I'm doing the jet ski thing, so she's or, or so she's actually i'm I'm riding uh next to the boat. And she's, like, riding towards the boat, trying to get their attention. And she's not paying attention to the fact that I'm kind of, like, side by side with the boat. And she just T-bones me. Oh, my gosh. Right? So she comes. Oh. she's coming straight at the boat, just looking at the, her family, check me out, not seeing what's in front of her. And uh, she T-bones me on the jet ski. And, and what happened was... Uh, if you, if you know, like these, they're, they're wave runners, actually. They're not like the stand up ones. They're the ones you sit down on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they got like a little lip on this, on the side that you kind of like tuck your feet into. Yep. So you got a little bit of fiberglass kind of protecting the outside of your leg. And she'd ran through that fiberglass into my ankle and, uh, and the fiberglass cut into my leg. Oh my gosh. Uh, into the back of my, into the back of my heel actually. So I almost like punctured my Achilles tendon. Uh, right there. So uh, uh, it hit, and I flipped over the handlebars uh, of the of the wave runner, and I passed out in the water. In the water. I passed out, yeah. Uh, so here I was face down. I had life jacket on, you know, smartly enough. I had a life jacket on, so I was on the surface of the water, but I'm passed out face down in the water. And my sister <laughs> jumped out of the boat. Jumped out of the boat and, and grabbed me and pulled me to the to the boat. Saved my life. Uh, of course, they pulled me up into the boat and they see I'm bleeding all over the place. So they knew, you know, they got to take me to the emergency room. And so they they I get in a car and put my foot, elevate my, my leg up on the dashboard, blood all over their dashboard in the car <laughs> and got to the hospital and got a bunch of stitches. Um, for whatever reason, the doctor at the time didn't notice. Uh, it, I guess it's a weird, ankles are weird. Apparently <laughs> uh, he didn't notice that it actually had uh, fractured my ankle. It was like a hairline, but it was a fracture. And, and so I didn't, I didn't know I'd broken my ankle and, and I just thought it was just stitches. And that's all uh, I was on crutches. Cause I, I, I could tell it didn't feel right. And we decided just to go home <laughs> after that, you know, just got back on a plane and, and went home. Mm. And that was like, it was during my summer, summertime. So I remember after we got back home, I had just braced my ankle so that I could play, play basketball. And uh, I used to, I used to turn my ankle a lot, you know, like when you sprain your ankle and it kind of like turns to the side, like my ankles are never really that strong. And so anytime i tweak my ankle, I'd have this brace that kind of like had two plastic pieces that go down the side of your, your foot and then underneath it to kind of keep your foot from like jetting out left or right. That's typically how you like twist your ankle. Um, so I just wore that and I, and, and I just went right back to work, you know, getting ready for, for, you know, my upcoming season or whatever. And after I'd practiced for a few weeks, I, I was like, telling my mom, I'm like, this isn't healing. Like this should be healing. Like it's, it's not getting any better. And so we went to the doctor and, and they're like, yeah, actually it's broken. Oh my gosh, <laughs> dude. So I was playing basketball on a broken ankle, not knowing I thought it was just sprained or something. And uh, so then they're like, okay, you're going to have to like actually take care of this. And they ended up, it was weird. They ended up like saying, we're not going to cast it. You just continue with just a splint or whatever, but you can't, you can't, you got to like lay off a basketball for like four weeks. And so I ended up just doing that. I had no idea that I was like playing basketball on a broken ankle.
1: Dude, you're looking (laughs) like Frankenstein's creature over (laughs) there, dude, all (laughs) patched together. That's nuts, man. That see, And I knew about that. So anything happened to her?
0: Um, not really. She was okay. I, I, she felt terrible about it. The jet ski sank. Did it really? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah.
1: Gosh, that's a bad day. <laughs> I think
0: they managed to pull it out, but like on their way back. They were getting to the ramp and it was like underwater by the wow. time they got to the ramp and then they pulled it out. So then they, of course, you know, they had to pay for it and stuff Ugh, That's, that stinks. Because she straight up T-boned you, dude. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was weird because I'm just riding alongside the boat, you know, waving, you know, as well, you know, probably doing the same thing she was doing, but she was heading towards the boat. Um, it's just not paying attention to each other, uh, the, and the, but it was just shocking, right? The whole thing is just shocking. It's like riding, riding along, having a good time and then lights out Yep, that quickly, yep. just lights out. And then next thing I know, I come to, as I'm getting pulled onto the boat wow. and I'm like, what's going on, you know? And I see my sister like pulling me up onto the boat and I was like, Whoa, okay. That was bad. That was so bad. Do you
1: remember the wreck or did somebody have to tell you about it?
0: Um, I I remember like hearing the fiberglass for a split second, crushing. Yeah, like the crushing noise of the fiberglass, and then it was it, and I was blacked out. Wow! Until I got pulled onto the boat. That's and then and then they, they kind of had to explain it, like you know, I was like, what the heck happened? Oh, you got T-boned by a cousin. <laughs> No hard feelings if she's listening. Oh, I mean, yeah, happen. I mean, we were both very, very young. I mean, arguably, probably too young. I, there was probably some sort of liability waiver that said, you know, no riders under the age of sixteen or eighteen. And this even. is why. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we were the poster children for what not to do.
1: <laughs> so, okay, so with injury comes um, uh, kind of a, for some people, a psychological aftertaste, right? So, have you been? on jet ski since i can assume you have been i have in been some way. yeah and, and do does this memory conjure I, up I, yeah
0: every time every time i got on a jet ski after that i i was uh extra vigilant you know defensive driving head on a swivel yeah. uh never could really relax and yeah. enjoy it anymore
1: so when i i've talked about that i've done um like did gymnastics when i was younger and i was very bad at it i started like i said i, I started my junior year in high school which is way too old I'm way too tall, but I just think <laughs> gymnastics is one of the coolest things ever. And I just wanted to God, do I'd it. I'd
0: love to see you do giants with your height. Uh,
1: dude, it's like my toes would scrape the ground. Like it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I right? couldn't get the bar
0: high enough. Yeah. So <laughs> I,
1: um, I remember I was working on a front tuck, right? A front flip on, on the floor. And it's, it's so funny because front flips are like, like 10 times harder than back flips, but I couldn't do, I had, I had this mental block with going backwards. So I just wanted, I was really good at front handsprings and I wanted to get a front tuck. And so anyways, I kept doing this drill to where I would run and I would punch the ground. And a punch is when you're quite literally punching the ground with your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's hard to explain, but these, a lot of people don't know this, but these mats, some have like the little springs under them, or even if they don't, the actual mat you're on has a certain resiliency to it to where it's supposed to propel you, right? So, So that's why when you see street performers like who are doing- round off, back handspring, back handspring, back tuck, or like doing back folds on concrete, you're like, how? It's mm-hmm. it's amazing. So when you punch the ground, you're running and you just, it's so hard to explain what is happening, but you're not jumping, you're punching. And your your feet are, you're kind of just erecting your your legs and, and hitting with the balls of your feet and it just propels your body. You, you're, mm-hmm. you're, the energy has to go somewhere. It travels through your skeletal, skeletal system and takes you in the air. That's what punching the ground is. All right. So I had to punch the ground and do a front talk and it. This is what I wanted. It was, it was my goal. Uh, so I, I just, it was so hard, man. It was so hard to get this giant body, this giant inexperienced body to do a, a front flip. So I would do it onto a crash pad and I would just do it over and over again. Uh, just keep, keep trying to do it over and over again. And it was, I can't explain it, but it was, it was time to give it a go. And I was still using the crash pad and something, I don't remember, but somebody had given me advice. That like you're just, you need to rotate more. Like you need to get more aggressive, more explosive in your rotation. You keep expecting to jump in the air and slowly do this flip. These aren't slow. It's a tuck. It's not a whip. It's mm-hmm. not a whip. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta just tuck. All right. So that's what I'm gonna do. My brain's like, we're gonna tuck like we've never tucked before, Hemi. <laughs> like like never. And then the other part of my brain's like, are we still punching? Like we're still jumping. And they're like, no, don't worry about the jump. We're just doing tuck. So I ran and I can't I can't quite explain. It's super embarrassing, but I don't really get it, dude, but I went as hard as I could and just didn't do the jump part. So what happened is I face planted, uh, into the mat, but the body kept going. So my head stayed in one place and my Mm -hmm. body kept turning. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember as it was happening, it's very hard to like, I can remember all of this. I, I, it happened and I, and I, and I ended up like upright, like on like sitting upright like this, but I was kind of hunched over and I couldn't move. And my, my brain's all, well, good job, dum-dum. You're now a quadriplegic. Like, you cannot move. Wow. And I remember being like, I can do this. And the weird thing is I couldn't hear either. Like, it was like, like uh-huh. you know? So I'm like, my, my Super Bowl is to move my toe. I just want to move my toe. And I'm staring and I can't move my feet. And I'm like, what is going on? So I'm sitting there. I'm really frustrated. Now the voices are starting to come in and my buddies, and we were all very close, but they're like, Skids, get off the mat. You know what I mean cuz they they're doing their own stuff and I just laid there and I heard one of them be like, uh, "He's not good, man." And the whole class comes running over. My coach just starts screaming, "Don't touch him." So they all come running over and I'm sitting there like this and they're like looking in my eyes and I can move my eyes and I'm kind of looking at them and stuff, but I can't move my body, dude. And my and I find I remember finding myself in this area where I'm like, "It's already time to start accepting that you're you're in a you're a quadriplegic" because I cannot move anything. And so I just, I'm just like upright. Like I was kind of like my own grab body was like weighing down on itself, which is why I was like in this upright, weird position. So I'm sitting there and then I, I, I see my toe wiggle. I'm like, Oh baby. I was like, that's all I needed. Just a little bit of hope. And then I, my fingers wiggle. It just took a while. It was almost like, you know, you think of a, a, a hose, a water, a garden hose. If you cut it in half, well then water's not going to go through one of those halves anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this wasn't cut, but if you crimp it, water's not going through, but it's not quite cut in half. Right. And right. then you slow, like, I think I, it was like something really weird happened like, with my spine nerve and yeah. they,
0: like loosened it, like, some, like something, like to... something, right.
1: Something crimped where I couldn't send the signal for about, it was, it was probably 10, 15 seconds felt like a month. Right. Oh, I bet. And, uh, I was just and then slowly, my coach was just like, don't touch him, don't touch him. And he got me up real slow and And, uh, I, I don't remember what I did for treatment, but like, obviously I was very sore for several days. Um, so let's fast forward the clock. It's like a a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks later. And it's time to get back on the mat. I feel fine now. You got to get back on. You got it. You cannot let this get in your head. And my coach is like, you you know, saying the same stuff to me. He's like, you, you just, you're here now. You're fine. Now just Mm -hmm. go through the motions, what you got to do. And (laughs) I, I go to do the Uh, So now I'm like, no crash pad, just straight up floor. I'm doing this front tuck. And it dude, it was, that's why I asked you, if you get back on a jet ski, it is messing with me, man. Mm -hmm. To the point where I'm having the strong, uh, the hardest time just starting my run. And finally, I'm just like, just go, man. So I start running (laughs) and one dude, he was sort of the, uh, we all loved each other, but he was like the, the problem child of the group. We all loved him anyways. He's he like peeks his head in front of me at like at the last second he's all don't break your neck you know he's just like does that you know so i stopped my run i couldn't do it anymore uh, like it, it got in my head and the coach yelled at him and all of the other uh, like the rest <laughs> of that they all just like tackled him start punching him like don't do that you know so then i go back and the whole class is just in my corner and i went and i just punched the ground did the tuck landed it and i was like oh baby wow. like it was so hard to overcome that man because i was i was convinced that was it i was done i was done with life not gymnastics you know
0: yeah yeah i mean it's it's weird because like a lot of these stories that we're telling it was like we were younger when it happened right and and we're able to like our bodies are i guess much more resilient back then because like now (laughs) being older and having injuries it feels like they just linger yes uh so we talked about like me Doing that deadlift, right? You even showed the footage in that one podcast of me doing that, yeah. that deadlift of you know 425 pounds, or whatever. My form wasn't great; couldn't hold my form. It was just too much weight, and um, and it did cause some damage to my to my back. It, it somehow uh, like one side of my my back like started to pull my hips out of whack a little bit, mm. and so kind of like uh, my hips would got a little weird, and it would cause some back issues. And it happens still from time to time. I remember last year. Uh, I had just like, I think it was after I had done the, the 24 hour live stream and I didn't like get up and stretch enough that like the next week, my back just started getting like super tight. And if I, if I didn't like roll it out and stretch it out enough, it would just pull my hips. Uh, and they would be like completely just like out of whack. And next thing I knew I couldn't, I couldn't stand up. Yeah. Like I couldn't, like I was like hunched over. I couldn't stand up straight. And, uh, and I had to go see like a chiropractor and, and go through a whole bunch of like stuff to like massaging, uh, chiropractor, stretching, all that stuff before I felt normal again. Well, it happens pretty much every day still. Is it really? Yeah. So where like I begin my days now, if I don't do this, it becomes a problem. If I don't begin my day by getting up, stretching. And I roll out my back. I have this roller that I like lay on and I just roll across at my lower back, that muscle that's like super like tense now. Mm -hmm. I just roll it out every single day and I do a bunch of stretching because I spend the rest of my day in a chair, you know? And so if I didn't do that, then next thing I know, I end the day, I go to stand up and I can't stand up Yeah, like it. So it's like now it's like super hard to overcome injuries like that still haunts me. And that's part of the reason why I got a, a standing desk. And I'm like trying to like force myself to use it more often. So I'm not just like sitting in a chair all day long because I know that if I do that, it's just gonna tighten up on me and I'm yeah. gonna like be dealing with it. I was out of commission last year for like a week. I couldn't work. I because I, I couldn't sit at my computer, you know? Wow. <laughs> but it's not I had
1: a I don't know what happened. So I got um you talk about getting T boned on with the jet skis uh we and i've mentioned this before when i got it was let two not this thanksgiving but exactly a year prior i got was it yeah Yeah. i got i got t-boned at that intersection right and Mm -hmm. and that that girl just it was like red lights didn't exist and she just not didn't tap the brakes and completely hit me on the driver's side and it was bad it was really it was really bad and i've been hit like that before uh but i was younger and when it happened that time it was I felt like a superhero. I was, that was the one where I was able to get out of the truck before it stopped moving. I felt like a like an absolute <laughs> rock star. But I'm not that superhero anymore. I'm a I'm a out of shape old fella. And when she hit me, um that one hurt. You know what I mean? I didn't want to let her know um because she was very much beside herself. And yeah. and I was, you know, I was alive and standing And so she But it, that one hurt. And I think I had I think the back pains I felt like a month later were related. I could be wrong, but um, not only do I still to this day have anxiety and PTSD going through that intersection, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I'll be in the car by myself, like and it's red light and I'm sitting there at my red light waiting. It turns green and I wait a while. And as I go, I'm like, okay, it's green for me, everybody, not for you. Like I'm actually, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so not only does that linger, but I feel like the back pain I felt later um, was connected and it was a month or two later. And I'll tell you what, ma'am, This is no joke. I was in my bed and I could, bro, I couldn't get up. I couldn't get out of bed. Not one of those, you can get out of bed. It's just going to be painful. It was, if the house was on fire, I would burn alive. Like I can't get up. I can't get up because it was like, I would go like, try to roll myself this way. And then it was like, somebody was in my spine, like with a needle going, nope, nope. You know what I mean? And like, like you can't, like, it's the weirdest, weirdest feeling. And I would, and I just sat there. And so now I'm in bed and there's nobody home and I'm laying there and I'm like, what, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. You know what I mean? I'm like, my family's going to come home and I'm going to like have, I'm going to have soiled myself. Like, what am I (laughs) going to do? And luckily after like 20, 30 minutes, something was able to, but I was still like this complete wreck. And um, I went and like, you know, finally got did some therapy and the therapy would like put electrodes on me. They Mm -hmm. They went nuts on my back. And I had to go several times to get it all back. But I remember, I remember feeling this injury and thinking, um... I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to live, if this is my life, I don't want to live like this. Like I can't move, man. What is going on? And it's, it was like this phantom pain that came on back and just completely crippled me, man. Uh, but and now, now, because for that reason, right? So we talk about injury. You also want to think about how do you manage through these? Even if you're not like a professional athlete, we're still professional humans. We yeah. still have to live our life.
0: Right. Yeah. And it'd be nice to to live our lives pain-free, right? I, yeah. It's not a luxury everybody has. I get that. But, um, you know, that's why I said it was like, If I know that, that I can get through the day pain free, as long as I take care of myself in in a way every morning by getting up and stretching and rolling it out and, and doing all that stuff, then I'm going to do that Yeah, because yeah, the opposite is just like letting it overtake me and I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not gonna let it slow me down. Yeah.
1: So in that, I bet you there's sometimes you roll out your back and it's not even bothering you. Right. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. That's the difference, right? If I want this calf to get better, I've got to be stretching it. And I am, I am, I am. Um, I've got to be stretching it when I, I don't feel any pain when I don't, when, when, when it doesn't talk to me. And that's, that's the thing you have to like, that's the problem. If you remember, okay. If you remember, so I've always had a kind of a bad back. I really have. So it might not be related to, to the accident, but if you remember, um, when you and I were in college together, There would be times, it was pretty rare, but there'd be times where we'd be walking down the hallway and I would just lock up. And I'd be like, if I you got to take my bag, take my bag. And you would take my bag off me and I would have to sit there and just like lean up against the wall for X amount of time until it would like loosen or whatever it was. I wasn't even in bad shape. I just, I'm a tall dude and bad backs like kind of running my family. It wasn't until I started Olympic lifting that that problem went away. Hmm. But if you remember when we would play basketball, right? We'd walk out to the court, I'd feel fine. And the first thing I would do every time is I would do that long cat and preacher stretch on the ground, like very, like really, it would take a while. You guys were cool about it. You guys were giving some (laughs) crap, but you guys were, in fact, uh, our buddy Matt used to do the best thing. So, so this stretch, if you can imagine you're on your knees and you're sitting back on your feet and you're, you're laying down in front as far as you can, you're stretching your hands and your fingers out as far as you can to stretch that lower back. And your face is like your forehead's like on the ground. Right. And, uh, if you remember Matt would stand in front of me, like a superhero, like I was bowing to him, <laughs> it was So funny. but, um, you know, I, my, my back felt fine going into those games, but I would always do that every time to, mm-hmm. to get started. You have to manage these things. You yeah. injury sucks, man. It sucks. But yeah. if you're going to come back, if you have any prayer of coming back you got to be diligent
0: yeah i mean sometimes we we mentioned like okay we did the resilience uh session and that's kind of bring it full circle again is like when it comes to injuries you gotta you gotta have that that same kind of attitude of like remember picking yourself up pushing your start with one arm to to off the push yourself off the ground and then get to your knees and then stand up it's the same kind of thing with injuries you know you got to have the patience to to, you know, let it, your body heal, but then also go through the work Yeah, that, you know, and the, like you hear stories about how tough rehab could be oh, man. For, for injuries, you know, I, like, you know, Kyler Murray is about to go through some tough rehab, uh, yeah. you know, after tearing his ACL, um, but he'll do it. I know he will, you know, he's like, if he wants to play football again, he's got to do it. Uh, and and so like, same thing with the rest of us. If I want to be able to sit at a desk all day long and create content I got to get up and roll out my back. It just, it it has to happen. Yeah. You
1: know, you got, yeah. I, he's going to do it and end up playing baseball again. (laughs) I'm saying it here. Now you watch, we'll see. (laughs) I might be wrong about that, but no, that's, you know, what's crazy is that, that neck injury I had in gymnastics always kind of lingered with me. And I remember it, that memory, um, led to sort of like, so when I was getting, I got diagnosed with MS right before that I was, that led to that, like, not the injury didn't give me MS, but I'm, when I was having these interesting things happening in my body, uh, my fingertips were burning all the time and I didn't know what was going on. And I remember when I would look down at like my, my feet, my, I would get this like weird, wicked buzzing throughout my whole body. So I thought it was related to that old neck injury. And then that's when they did the MRI and they're like, no, this is much worse. But I remember being like, um, like, boy did that this, this is years later man this is like this is probably see i was 25 when i got diagnosed and that neck injury was probably like 17 i was like this is like 8 years later like what the heck man mm-hmm. but it wasn't at all it was just it just it, not only did the does the injury stick with you and the lessons that you have to learn to get through those but the psychological piece can really imprint on you yeah. there there's people who uh, go through a certain injury to where now they just, they can't, whatever that, that thing was before, they can't do that thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Not because of the injury, but just from a purely psychological standpoint. Yeah. And that's, who. that's, that, now tough. you need therapy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like mental yeah. therapy. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> and, and they have that, like, so there's, that's all, like sports psychiatry. Chi- yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. I think my, my, that was something that interested my my daughter, actually, because she's like me. She finds psychology interesting. She finds um um psychiatry very interesting. She's obviously very athletic and, and she wants to help people. And that was yeah. something that kind of pondered two worlds
0: collide and yeah. there is a profession for it. It's yeah. crazy.
1: <laughs> you got and that that because those those people, that that profession is all about the mind. Getting in there, right? We, I told, I told that story not too long ago about that girl who's struggling with the box jumps. I don't remember why she was struggling. She may have gotten hurt, right? You can get hurt on yeah. those things.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, so that was the same thing. Something that she used to do, she couldn't do anymore because the brain, the the brain was blocking her. And so you have to, if it's something that you want that bad, you have to be willing to accept the fact that it's going to be harder than it ever was, but it's not impossible. It's yeah. not possible. Set your goals, do your thing, do the diligence that you've got to do to get back on the horse. And then once you get there, face the face it right in the eyes that it's going to be harder than it ever was. But you can do it.
0: Yeah. And yeah. if you manage to do it, celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Make sure you do that. Yeah. Cause I bet you once you got your your front tuck. Oh my gosh. You probably nailed it every time after.
1: I did, and I yeah. did, and I felt like I. I mean, you want to see one? I can do right now if you want. Yeah, right, dude. Yeah, right. would <laughs> yeah, be, right. be
0: Amazing if you stood up and just like went for it. Dude, there's it not was, enough room in here, unfortunately. That's, <laughs> that's the reason you're not doing it. There's not enough space. Yeah, otherwise it'd be fun. Yeah, of course. Of you know what's course.
1: amazing? If I if I stood up and tried to do it right now, just try to just try to picture <laughs> the nightmare that would ensue. I my giant butt would land on this table, crack it in half like I'm on the WWE. My feet would hit you in the head. <laughs>
0: It'd be a nightmare. It'd be a nightmare. Yeah. All right, well, let's not do that. You know, we we typically do these podcasts and, and we try to think like, okay, we hope there's some sort of positive message that people can can take out of it. Not everything in life is going to be, uh, you know, rainbows and butterflies, no. you know, especially when when it comes to injuries and everybody's probably got uh, their own stories oh, to, yeah. to tell. And, and obviously some people are going to be in worse places than others. But, oh, of course. But hopefully one thing did resonate and, and it's more like back to the resilience thing and just like. Sometimes life is going to kick you in the teeth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can find it within yourself to get, get motivated and get past whatever uh, you're dealing with. So I guess that's the message it, it, that, it, that, that we have. Today. I know, like, we, you know. You know, this is, you and I chilled this podcast. I don't know if the people watching uh, Look how notice. comfortable we are. Uh, it's a little colder today and, we're all in our in our comfy sweaters and stuff, and we both kilt, kick back, hands in I our like pockets. It. Uh, Am I even in the sh- in the main show? Who cares? I don't even we, care. we might not actually be in the video. We kicked back so far, yeah. <laughs> out of frame. But I'm comfy, dude. Yeah, I, I I'll can sit dig back it. up to end this one. Anyway, <laughs> thanks again, everybody. I think we'll end it here. Uh, hopefully, yeah. you guys enjoyed this one, and and uh, it's always fun hanging out and just telling stories. Yeah. All right. Don't. don't I want to hear your stories too about being injured. Oh yeah, I'd love to hear them. Drop them in the comments. You know you got some good ones. (laughs)
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Yep. See you.